1: Hello and welcome to Qatar for the Game Day World Cup podcast
2: with me, Sam Matterface, alongside Talk Sports football correspondent Alex Crook and the former West Ham and Chelsea defender Scott Minto. Every day when you wake up, we'll have a bite sized special delivery from the World Cup, bringing you a roundup of all the day's action and discussing all of the upcoming games. Today's top stories, Bukayo Saka is set to start for England. Harry Kane still waiting to see what punishment will be meted out if he wears the One Love armband. Wales are about to play in the World Cup in 64 years. Benzema and Mane are out of the competition. And was last night's Qatar versus Ecuador game the worst open in World Cup history? It's the Game Day podcast from Talk Sport. Yes, we are at the World Cup and uh, we have stayed for a day two. We didn't leave after day one or halftime or anything like that. We actually watched the whole thing. And uh, Alex Crook is still here. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Very well. And Scott Minto. Hello. Good morning, Sam. Did you watch the whole entire 90 minutes last night or did you uh, once Qatar considered their second goal? Actually, you weren't going to go back and sit on your
1: sofa. Well, let's face it, the game was over by halftime, wasn't it? But no, listen, I'm trying to get into the World Cup spirit here. So I to the very end, and I bet you if you went back to the opening games of previous tournaments, they would be just as tedious as well. Just wait, it will grow.
2: I went to um, the opening game of the Russia World Cup and um, it was brilliant. They won 5-0, uh, but um, the host winning at the opening game is always a good thing because it generates a brilliant atmosphere at the tournament. One of my big concerns being here, and I've been here for three days now, is that there's not many people here. Um, and that is a bit of a worry. I'm told that there's less people than expected, but they're going to watch more games, so the stadiums will be more full. I am worried that that isn't going to be the case. And I think today is a real test of the actual attendance of how many people are coming to visit Qatar and, and watch this World Cup. Because the last thing we want, last thing in FIFA one is to have built... All- these brand new stadiums, and then no fans turn up to sit in them. That is a little bit of a worry. But we shall see how that develops. A uh, quick reflection on the game last night, Crook. What did you think of of Ecuador? I mean, Qatar were bad, but Ecuador uh, they, they were sufficient, weren't they?
0: Yeah, do you know what? I'm pleased actually, because obviously, when the three of us were recording the big preview with Stuart Pearce, I think we both felt Sam that Ecuador could be a bit of a dark horse in this tournament. And then I spoke to. Another one of our commentators a couple of days ago, and he was saying they're dreadful. Look at their recent results. This is a big opportunity for Qatar. I think we've been proved right. Ecuador, as you say, excellent all over the pitch. Valencia should have had a hat-trick, really unlucky, I think, with that first goal ruled out for offside. But Qatar were dreadful, weren't they? I mean, they might be one of the worst teams I've ever seen at a World Cup. The goalkeeper was all over the shop. They couldn't pass to their own teammates. Did they have a shot on target in the game? I'm not convinced they did. Um, let's talk about that uh, disallowed goal because obviously c-
2: conspiracy theories were rife after just three minutes when Enna Valencia appeared to score a goal and it was um, ruled out by the VAR after about two and a half minutes of consultation. Eventually the 3D graphic put everyone out of their misery. The free kick floats into the box. Felix Torres and Strada both go for the, the header against uh, Said al shaib Torres heads the ball ahead of Sha'ib and deflects it upwards and slightly forwards. As the ball comes back down, it bounces off the turf without anyone getting a touch, and Estrada reacts fast as heads the ball into the back of Torres. Torres volleys the ball with a bicycle kick into the path of Valencia. He gets in front of his man, scores from what looks like an onside position. But the crucial detail comes in the first phase, when Estrada's foot can just be seen in front of the offside line, and Torres goes up for the initial free kick. So technically offside, technically offside, uh, but it was very, very, very marginal, just his little toe is one of those toe enders, which is just in front of the goalkeeper. It took a little while to, to sort it out, and eventually they did. Obviously, there'll be mitigating circumstances. It was first World Cup game, first quality opposition that they faced in a little while, Qatar. But they didn't look as if they were going to be able to sort of sustain
1: a level of performance that's going to trouble Senegal or or Holland. No, and and I can't believe they are that bad. Um, you know, they are the Asian champions. They did well in Copa America when they were allowed to play in that as well. So I, I do think they just I mean, can you imagine of all that's gone on both off the field as well as on that these players, what they had to deal with? But they were shocking. They were really poor. And if Ecuador had to win that by five, they would have done going forward. Really poor. I thought they didn't really sort of get into the game. And you're right, but the keeper, I mean, it looked like a, a keeper of about 50 years ago, where, you know, only the smaller countries just haven't sort of developed their goalkeepers. And, and that was a big, big problem for them. It's a game against uh, Ecuador where you think in first game, they've got to try and win that one because they've got two really tough ones. Um, after that, I, I don't see them on that performance picking up a point, let alone a win.
2: OK, um, that was Ecuador's. Qatar. Today, we've got games England versus Iran, Wales versus USA and the Netherlands against Senegal. They're all live on TalkSport and TalkSport2. We'll get into Wales, USA and Netherlands, Senegal in just a moment. But first of all, it's the big one.
0: Saka making the race inside the penalty area and finishes it brilliantly. And again, it's the artistry, the vision of Phil Foden that sets things up for England.
1: Where we're at at this moment in time, the building place has been put in. That's why I'm buoyant about England's chances of winning the World Cup.
0: What a start from England!
1: We've got to focus on
2: getting out the group now. You know, in tournaments, you if you look too far ahead, things can overtake you. With only seconds to go, substitute Marty Teremi has given
0: Iran the lead.
2: They'll be very well organised by Carlos Kherosh. I think if England are patient, they'll eventually break Iran down, but it might not be as easy as people think. But
0: there's no bigger stage than,
2: than playing for your country in the World Cup. and It's important to try and push as hard as we can to, to get over that line.
0: I've only got one thing left to say, and it's come on, England!
2: Speaking to Harry Kane and, and Gareth Southgate yesterday, it was pretty clear uh, that they mean business, they're focused, and they believe that they can do something at this World Cup. They've shrugged off the, the, the cloak of bad form. They suggest that that is behind them now, and it's actually stronger and more focused going into this tournament. And maybe maybe it has, actually. Maybe that sort of six-game winless run has sharpened their focus going into what Third tournament in four years, and they've had a very successful time at at major tournaments. And Gareth was saying, you know, you're judged by what you do at major tournaments. And they've certainly done very well in those over the course of that time. Let's talk team, because we know that uh, everyone is fit apart from uh, James Madison. We know that Carl Walker, it's probably a little bit too early for him. Calvin Phillips has survived despite dropping a dumbbell on his foot. Um, he He is around so tell us, Crook, we, we think the team, I mean, I think the team is going to be Pickford in goal, the right-back Trippier, Stones, Maguire, Shaw, Bellingham, Rice, Foden or
0: Mount just in front of them and then Saka, Kane, Sterling. Is that what you're getting? Yeah, absolutely. We got news um, last night that uh, Bukayo, Saka uh, is going to start. I think that's the right decision. We mentioned it before. I think he is the, probably the England player. Maybe Harry Kane would have an argument, but I think Saka is, is the England player in best form. Going into this tournament, interestingly, I've still got a nagging suspicion that we might see Carl Walker and therefore Trippier shifting to the left of a back four. But Gareth has said it's come too early for Carl Walker, so let's wait and see on that one. But yeah, four two three one seems to be uh, the formation. I think that's the right call. I don't think you need a back three uh, against this level of opposition. I guess if Foden misses out, maybe his club form would give him a reason to be disappointed, but he hasn't really done it for England, has he, for, no. for a long time. If Foden is on the bench, again, I can't really argue with that decision. Carlos Rush, um said, that,
2: quite interesting, he was brilliant in the press conference yesterday, Come up with some perfect little sound bites. one of which, was, England have a fantastic storm of talent and that they are the most competitive England side since 1966. Is he right, Scott?
1: Well, look, we got to the final and the semi-final of the last two major tournaments and you would think that experience-wise we're growing and growing. Of course, he's going to try and put all the pressure onto England. Why wouldn't he? Look, I mean, 4231 2 three, one, i would be very pleased we don't play three at the back. I think you can even make that a 4-3. We know that Iran will just try and sit back and hit us on the break. So so why have Bellingham as the holder? You know, get him further forward with either Mount or Foden and then Sack and Sterling either side. That'd be a real a sort of attacking side. Yeah. And then you've got still, even with Madison out, you've got plenty of quality on the bench. So yeah, I'd say, I don't know about since 1966, but I'd say, you know, we have got a fantastic chance as any with the squad of players that we've got and the experience we've had in the last two major tournaments.
2: Uh, They will sit back. They will soak up pressure, but they do have a threat on the counter attack to a danger. Jahanbaz has got speed and can cause problems. Sounds saying yesterday, we will have to be patient when attempting to break them down. They're a low block. They're very good at making good teams work very hard to get a goal. And that is is going to be the pattern, ultimately. England will have to be patient, won't they?
0: They could do with an early goal, couldn't they? I mean, that's the dream scenario for Gareth Southgate, that they score early, Iran have to come out and maybe play a more expansive brand of football. Not sure it's going to go that way. I think it, it, it could go quite late, I see this is quite a low scoring game. I think Iran will set out to frustrate, as you say, try and capitalize on, on breakaway moments when they get them. England fans both inside the stadium, listening on Talk Sport, watching. At home are going to have to be patient this, this is this is not going to be easy
2: generally, a match day minus one press conference is very much a football orientated who 's available what 's the team news? how are you going to deal with this but they 've become almost like political uh, debating chambers, especially going into this World Cup. Obviously, there is this plight of people in Iran who are suffering and you know for the Iranian one of the Iranian players to come out and talk about that so openly yesterday, I thought was what fascinating, too incredibly brave. And it was actually, it was, it was a captivating five or six minutes where he was talking about how he needed to be the voice of the country. They needed to represent their, their country. They know that their people are suffering and, and they cannot ignore and, and, and be quiet in the face of the adversity that they're, they're facing. And I thought you know, that was a brave thing for him to do, but this is going to be a very emotionally charged game for the Iranians and I I don't know what the situation is going to be inside the stadium in terms of who's going to have the most support, there's a lot of expats here, so there'll be probably we think about six or seven thousand England fans, but Iran is not too far away how many of them are going to be able to come in, how many are going to be inside the stadium, whether the Qataris are going to, is a different matter and after what we saw last night where everything was very flat, I wonder how boisterous it's going to be but um, have, haven't have gone seven matches without a victory, Scott, since 1958, uh, which is quite a long time ago. And that's a record for the number of games that they've failed to win. So seven matches. They can't afford not to win this game, can they? I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of emotion. I know there's going to be a lot of motivation amongst the, the Iranian players, but they cannot afford to not win this game,
1: can they? No, I think, I think most um, opening games, teams first and foremost, do not want to lose because suddenly you're on the back foot. But this is a game for England that we, I wouldn't say have to win, but we must win. And I go rookie. I think this is going to be, you know, this could go really sort of late on. I wouldn't be surprised if it's nil-nil at halftime and I've predicted a one-nil win. We have to be very, very And we have seen England and, and other teams in certain games. I mean, I'm thinking of the Iceland game where mentally they just lose it. And actually, you could have played another 90 minutes and it wouldn't have happened. So even if it goes 60, 70 minutes, nil-nil, we have to be very, very patient and still do the right things and just make sure that we're not just i.e. knocking long balls into the box or looking like we're never going to even get a shot on target. So I'm sure Gareth Southgate, one of the things he's done, one of the major things he's is becoming England manager is actually prep the group for different scenarios within games. And so I'm sure he has hammered it home that this will be a difficult game and we've got to be at it for 90 minutes. But do not panic if it's still 0-0 after 70. Shall we make some predictions
2: uh, for what we think is going to happen? Uh, Scott, do you want to give us a scoreline?
1: Yeah, uh, listen, I I think it's going to be tight. I think uh, 1-0. I'm going with that now. And Alex?
0: I agree. Yeah, 1-0 England.
2: Wales are playing in their first World Cup in 64 years. Wales against USA is live on TalkSport later on today. Um, 1958 the last time they played at a World Cup Gareth Bale saying it's the biggest honour of his career we were having a chat breakfast this morning about Gareth Bale and when he retires who will revere him the most probably not Real Madrid probably not Tottenham probably not LAFC despite the fact that he made a very brief and quick contribution to their their success but Wales definitely will remember the contribution that Gareth Bale has made over the course of his career he's played 90 minutes twice in 2022 how much impact can he have on this game?
0: Well, it was interesting to hear Dean Saunders speaking on Talk Sport yesterday, suggesting that Gareth Bell has done more for Welsh football than any player in their history. And in some ways, this is his crowning moment, isn't it? You look at the, the great Welsh players from the past who never got the opportunity to showcase their skills on a World Cup stage. So I think he'll start. I think adrenaline probably will... We'll get him through this this opening game, so I, I don't necessarily worry about his lack of match-sharpness. He's a player for the occasion. I wouldn't bet against him getting himself on the score sheet or, or making a really vital contribution. But I was speaking to Tyler Adams at the USA press conference. I said to him, a lot of talk is going to be about Gareth Bale. Do you have a plan for Kiefer Moore? Uh, because, again, if you're talking about players in form, Kiefer Moore has had a fantastic start to the season, born uh, Bournemouth. four Premier League goals. He's bullied some top-level defenders, and he's a bit of a throwback, isn't he? And, and Tom Adam said, yeah, I've spoken to our centre-halves, and I've said he's going to be a problem. So, yeah, I, I think in, in in some ways, as much as USA need to keep Gareth Bale quiet, I think they do all quiet as well. USA have got
2: quite a hungry, young um, midfield and attack that will chase and harass. And uh, Rob Page seems quite stubborn and are very good at keeping good attacks out, and I wonder whether or not That will be his modus operandi. I'm actually really looking forward to watching this game for the main reason that I'm doing USA on Friday and Wales next Tuesday. So, Scott, this is probably expected to be the fight for
1: second place. Yeah, this is the biggest game for for, for both of them. You know, Wales, we know will be up for England in the final game, but we don't know, know. England might have won six out of six. Wales might have done it as well. But this, for me, whoever wins finishes second in the group and that's not trying to be arrogant in any way we've got to suggest that england's of the quality to win the group so this game is absolutely keen you don't necessarily want one of those games. you want to sort of go and evolve into the tournament i think this is the game that wales cannot afford to lose and the u.s need to win because wales wales will be up for it against england i, I can see as i'm getting a point against wales i really can uh, but I can see us beating the US. So in terms of this particular game, I think the US need to do it. Now you've got what? A team that's very young, perhaps a little bit inexperienced, but very high energy, high intensity up against a team who well-organized, but rely on their big players who are not 100% fit. And for for the amazing career, amazing player Gareth had, I do worry for his fitness and his sharpness. Now he's become a player in moments. Can he produce those moments? I, I think he can, but I think it's going to be those moments are becoming fewer and further apart. They really are, because to rely on him scoring a header like he did in the, the MLS Cup, coming on and, and and winning a goal like or scoring a goal, I think is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, um, USA
2: don't have much World Cup experience. I think only Deandre Yedlin has played at a World Cup uh, before the rest of them are all very new to it. Um, they've got a, a defence which looks get atable. The height and the bruisey nature of Kiefer Moore is going to be helpful to them. Uh, there's some interesting players in that USA rank. Uh, Matt Turner, who's the goalkeeper of uh, Arsenal, the backup goalkeeper of Arsenal, four appearances this season since his summer move. Uh, he's only conceded one goal during the period that he's been uh, between the sticks for Arsenal so far this season, and that was from a, a penalty. Um, you've got Weston McKenney who's a dangerous player, a good player on the ball, and he's very highly driven personality. I think the forward areas, as the striker, they're lacking a little bit, but they do have Brendan Aronson, who will press high up from minute one. He's got a lot of energy and he's a very good player on the ball and off the ball. And Pulisic, who is the player who they invest a lot in. Although, I, I understand, is he still the captain? What, what happened there?
0: No, he isn't. No. Um, obviously, the, the trend at this tournament is that on the match day minus one presses. so the press conference is before games, you speak to the manager and you speak to the captain. I think journalists were surprised to see uh, Tyler Adams sat alongside uh, the USA coach, but he has been appointed captain for the tournament. They have a, a committee who've come to that decision. So I guess Chelsea fans are going to have to find a new nickname for Christian Pulisic because I think you call him Captain America. So uh, a little bit awkward for him.
2: Last game of the day is the Netherlands uh, against Senegal at the Altumana Stadium uh, here in Doha. Runners up three times, 74, 78 and twenty ten. Louis van Gaal says he's going to play in a similar way with a little bit of evolution to the 2014 World Cup. He seems pretty bright, actually, going into this tournament. Are we expecting them to cause a bit of... Are they actually contenders, Scott?
1: I wouldn't say they're contenders. I don't have them as contenders to actually win the thing. But we we know with the Netherlands and the, the technical players that they've got, how how good they can be and how easy on the eye they are. Look, Van Gaal, I think, has done really well when he's come in. He's changed the system. You know, He's not a typical 4-3-3. They've got some quality players, both at the back and in midfield as well. Frankie de Jong is a player I'm really looking forward to, to watching. But I just feel they kind of implode all the time. There's, there's something about the mentality as they go deeper into the... The tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the group, but when they come up against one of the real big, they end up losing. But look, I think what Van Haal has done so far has been very, very good. And he's a guy with great experience who can turn things around during games.
2: Well, he had to do something to get them back at major tournament level because they haven't been at major tournaments for such a long time. And I wonder whether or not actually them being at the spotlight for a couple of years means that they've developed a little bit more of a team ethic. And one of the things he was really good at was Making them very hard to beat in the World Cup in 2014. I did a a few of their matches. Uh, They finished third at that tournament and um, they basically bored their way to the semi final. So, the chance, I mean, they play three at the back. That's not the typical Dutch way of playing. So, you know, handbrake very much on. Um, From a player's perspective, I imagine that Senegal losing their, their talisman in Sadio Mane is quite a tough thing to take, Crook. The Senegal camp obviously have, have got some other personalities in there. Alu um, Alou Sisi, uh, Sissé himself, the manager, is, is a big personality. we work with him. We know what he's like. And Edouard Mendy is going to be massive for them, as he was in not only World Cup qualifying, but in the African Cup of Nations. They are African champions and they will pose a problem. Well,
0: yeah, but it's a massive blow, isn't it? I actually had Senegal down to win this group um, with Sadio Mane fit, but I'm, I'm not convinced now they'll even qualify. I think I would make Ecuador second favourites based on what we've seen so far. He is their best player. He's probably the one world-class player in the team. You can make a case for the goal, but I think certainly in terms of outfield players, Sadio Mane would take that mantle. So it, it's a big blow. Players look out for maybe in his absence, Boule Dia, um, somebody that I know a lot of Premier League scouts have got their eyes on, uh, plays for Villarreal. I think he will try and fill the, the Mane void. But as I say, it's, it's very difficult now to make a case for Senegal. I was in Louis van Hal's press conference on Sunday, very entertaining uh, as ever. Um, and he was quite, he said, this squad is better uh, than the Dutch team that finished third at the 2014 World Cup. He did caveat that. And so there are better squads uh, in the tournament. But he said, we have a big crowd, world champions, which I thought was quite a bold claim on the eve of the tournament.
2: I don't know. I, I think maybe you might be underestimating Senegal a little bit. I mean, think of the t- the players that they've got. Ishmael Sar can cause problems for anybody on his day. I mean, he's a, he can be a well, He doesn't have his day player. often enough. Koulibaly is a good defender. Balatouré is a defender. Mendy's good goalkeeper. Kuyate was excellent for um, Nottingham Forest against Liverpool recently when I was there. And you mentioned Diaz. I, I, don't, I don't write them off just yet. There's still a long way to go. I haven't even started yet. Uh, that said, the Netherlands have won 11 of their last 13 competitive matches Open their campaign live on TalkSport 2 a little bit later on today. Um, Scott, uh, thank you very much. Will you be watching the England game today? Where, where are we? It's like, what is it one o'clock where you are?
1: It's one o'clock where I am. I'll be watching it. My dad will be coming over, possibly my brother as well. And um, my little girl, funny enough, is saying she's ill. Ah, her, yeah. She suddenly wants to watch the England like game it. with me.
2: I like it. I like it. They're, put, they're pulling TV. My, my, my son's five. Uh, one of my sons is five. And they're pulling the TV into the school hall at one o'clock. This Brilliant.
1: Afternoon. I love that. I love that. I really do. And uh, Crookie, where,
2: you,
0: uh, where, where are you watching the game? You're not coming with us, are you? I'll be there. Yeah, I, I'm doing the two game challenge today. I'll be at the England game. And then I'm also going to Wales against USA uh, later this evening. So i uh, going to wow. see all teams in that group. So I will see you today. Uh, well, I'm in with the fans. Uh, obviously, you're in the posh seats, so so you may not see me. The media seats, mate. It's not, not the posh seats. It's the media seats. He'll be eating um, his prawn but,
1: sandwiches. Don't worry about that, Crookie. Um, um,
2: yeah, look, so um, I did see Crook last night, actually, in a beer garden for about 30 minutes. I popped in to see him, but I, I was a little bit late because I'd left my bag in an Uber. So I got to his oh, hotel. Oh, you didn't tell me that. I was running outside for 40 minutes because I got out of the Uber went through the security, went to put my stuff back in the bag that I didn't take into the hotel with me and then went, ah, it's in the Uber. And then I had to ring the guy, I had to wait there. And because of the way the traffic works, I had to go around a one-way system. 40 minutes it took for him to get back and drop it off. It wasn't his fault, it was my fault. I'm an idiot. Um, but then again, we all know that already. Um, Scott, thank you very much. Enjoy it.
1: Pleasure, mate. Oh, By the way, well done for getting through past the Interpol test as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
2: Uh, just a little flutter of the eyelids uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're off the international watch list which is good um, well, Chris, I'll see you a little bit later on England against uh, Iran big game of the day live on TalkSport one o'clock kickoff Jim Prabford. and Stuart Pearce will be doing the commentary for that one make sure you tune into to TalkSport download our app if you haven't got it and remember this podcast is out every single morning when you wake up and we love it